Woodland Church, uh, today I want to talk to you about how to live your life in such a way that you leave a legacy, that you do something with your one and only life that's going to make a difference long after you're gone. We're going to talk about a legacy of faith. I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, and I have one verse for you that's so powerful. So would you stand in honor of God's word? Just a really short verse. It's from Hebrews chapter 11, which is what many scholars refer to is the Hall of Faith chapter. It mentions all these men and women of God from the past and how their faith left a lasting mark. And so Hebrews 11.4 talks about Abel. It says, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Wow. I love that passage because, I mean, that little verse right there is so powerful. It says Abel, and it's talking about all of the men and women of faith in the Hall of Faith chapter. Even though they've been dead for thousands of years, they still speak because of their faith. Their faith echoes through generations and into eternity. You can be seated. Well, today you're in for a real treat because you're going to hear from my dad and from my mom. Now, my dad passed away during um, the pandemic, and we didn't get to even celebrate his um, home going and have his funeral service until just a couple of weeks ago because my mom went to be with the Lord just a couple of weeks ago, and we then together did their funeral service together. And as my brothers and sister and I were planning the service, you know, one of the things that we thought was so important was that my dad speak at his own funeral. And so even though he is dead, he still speaks because he speaks through his faith. He's left a lasting legacy that's made such a difference in my life and in so many lives my mom and dad both, and so you're gonna hear from him because this was 20 years ago when he was preaching in his prime, and his topic was what it means to be a man or woman of God and leaving a legacy of faith. And I hope you'll take some notes because these are really four powerful principles that he's gonna share with you. Just watch. Because I wanna talk to you just very briefly about what it means to be a man of God or a woman of God. I have looked in the scripture and I noticed that there are many times that the word of God speaks of a man of God. Elijah was called a man of God. Moses was called a man of God. Paul speaks of Timothy, the young preacher, as a man of God. But I ask myself this question, what is a man of God? What makes somebody a man of God? A man of God or a woman of God has authority. The source of their authority is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul talks about here about the word of God that makes us wise into salvation. And David talked about his personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But also what gives us authority is the infallible word of the living God. And Paul said to young Timothy, preach the word in season and out of season. Share the word of God. There is authority. That's why the old prophet said, thus 
says the Lord. They didn't give their opinion. They told what God said. And a Christian who is linked up with the living Christ and who is filled with the word of God is going to have authority and power. The second word is authenticity. A man of God, a woman of God has authenticity. They have realness. They're not a fake. They're not some kind of a hypocrite. They have no pretense. I remember when I was in college as a young preacher, there were a lot of other guys there that were going to be preachers. And I remember there were several guys there that I never could quite understand because they were just normal people. But when they stood up to preach, they became abnormal people. I mean, there was this one guy who talked just like I did until he preached, but he got up and then he said, God. <laughs> What's going on here, I thought. You know, there's a special way you talk about God <laughs> and Jesus, you know. You see, we've got to be real. We've got to be who we are. A man or a woman of God is not somebody else. It's that person filled with Jesus. A man of God is a person who has authenticity. It's real. And the only way you can do that is to walk in the Spirit and walk by the Spirit. And let the power of Christ be in you. A woman said of Elijah, Now I know you are a man of God. And that the word of the Lord from your mouth is true. She had watched him for three years. And she said, I can tell you're a man of God. The third word, simplicity. A man or a woman of God discovers the secret of simplicity. You see, most of us can't be a man of God. We can't be a woman of God. Our lives are too complicated. Our lives are too complex. Our lives are too full. You've got to trim your life down to the basics if you're going to walk with God. You can't do a million things. Paul didn't say 400 things I do. He said one thing I do. I please him. David didn't say many things I do. He said the one goal of my life is to worship my God. Simplicity. We fill our lives with so much that is good and miss the best. Walk with him. Something Mary would not do. She said, when Martha fried the chicken and made the pies and built the, the meal, she said, meal, flip, I don't care about meal. I want to be with Jesus. I want to know him. I want to spend time with him. You want to be a woman of God? You want to be a man of God? Simplify your life. You can't do everything under the sun. You can't belong to every group. You can't go to everything. You can't have your kids in 500 different activities. You say, I want to give them a breadth of experiences. The best thing you can do is bring them to Jesus Christ. All the clubs and all the ball games, and I, and I believe in all that, and I love all the ball games and all that, and I wouldn't take a million dollars for not having that, but I'm saying it's not enough. It's not enough. God says in the words, I think Paul says it really. Paul said, my ambition is to please him. Is that your ambition? Would you be satisfied if your little girl or your little boy grew up to please him, even if they didn't become a corporate lawyer, even if they didn't become 
a successful financier, even if they didn't reach some standard of financial success you have gauged would make them important. The people I know who live life to the full have simplicity. The last one is teachable. A person who is a man of God is teachable. You know, I've seen some folks who start out in the Christian life and they're so teachable. And then they've been a Christian about four or five years and suddenly they become somebody who knows everything. I remember a teenager when I was a preacher, a younger preacher, this teenager knew more than I did. Well, I didn't know much, but I think I knew more than he did, you know. But he just, he'd been a Christian three years and he knew everything. I've seen Christians in our church, they've been a Christian three or four years and, well, they just know everything about everything. There's one thing I've noticed. There's not much I know, but there's a lot I can learn. I'm not young anymore, but I'll tell you one thing I'm going to do till the day I die. And the day before they pull me out, if my brain's still working, I'm going to keep learning. And I'm going to keep growing. And I'm going to keep changing. And I'm going to keep trusting him to make me teachable. You see, some of us are so caught up with our preferences, we never see the truth. Some of us are caught up with those things that seem to us so important that we never really open up our hearts and get taught by the Spirit. I'm so excited every day about the fact I can learn something from you. I can learn something from my staff. I can learn something from my wife. I can learn something from my kids. I can learn something from my grandchildren. I can learn something from God's Word. I can learn something from some preacher or teacher. I can learn every single day. I can learn if I'm teachable. Some of us seem to have spiritual Alzheimer's. We quit learning a long time ago. We quit learning a long time ago. We, we learned and we grew and we were open and we were teachable and then zip, you know, we just don't. If you ever quit learning, if you ever quit growing, if you ever quit changing. And you know, one of the things I pray almost daily is, Lord, don't let me become one of those cranky, stinky old people. <laughs> and Lord, please don't let me become one of those old people who never learns anything and who won't open their hearts. Lord, make me as teachable as a five-year-old child who has such a desire to learn. A little kid who just, his mind is like an open book. His heart is so open, he's just ready to learn. Have you learned anything tonight? Have you learned that God uses ordinary people? That's what I heard him teach me again, that there's somebody else tonight he's calling. There's somebody else tonight he's teaching. There's somebody else, ordinary people here, that he, that he wants to use in the mission field of Houston. And there's somebody here tonight who, if they're hearing his voice and they're open, they're going to be a man or woman of God for the very first time. They're going to have somebody say of them, like the woman said of Elijah, I know for sure now you are a man of God because I've been watching you for three years. I can't think of anything. I'd rather have somebody say of me when I'm gone. You know, he was a fair preacher. He did this pretty good, but he was a man of God. 
Hey, on this Father's Day weekend, what a privilege it is that I have you know, our four children up here. And really, we feel like we have eight children now. Chris and I feel like that with our three daughter-in-laws and son-in-law that uh, we have eight kids now and we love it. We love our family. And so I really wanted to talk to you guys about a legacy of faith because um, first I just wanna ask you about uh, granddaddy and grand-grand. You know, we just saw that message that he preached 20 years ago of how to be a man of God and Stephen, um, what do you remember most about granddaddy and grand-grand? Well, they had great senses of humor, obviously. Um, but really, granddaddy, he lived out what he preached. It wasn't, just, uh, it wasn't just a sermon on Sundays. It was also the way that he lived. And it was really powerful to hear him say that, you know, until his last breath, he's going to be learning. He's going to be preaching the gospel. And that's exactly what he did. Um, you don't see people run the race like that, you know, as we say. Um, but absolutely, I think that he's a man of integrity is what I would say. Really cool. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think, you know, um, my parents weren't perfect. Uh, they made mistakes like everyone, but they were just so genuine, so real, and they loved Jesus with all their heart. Um, now, Megan, I want to ask you, um, growing up as a PK in our family, um, what does uh, a legacy of faith mean to you? And, and what did you like best about the way we raised you? We'll get to the worst in a minute. Oh, yes, okay. So uh, one of the things that I loved most is that you and mom did a great job of just showing us love, but showing us love the way that Jesus does. I think a lot of times in school, um, most of the kids knew who I was because of you, and they would assume, oh, your dad's probably really strict, and you probably don't get to do anything you want to, and, you know, almost thought that I had a horrible life because my dad was a pastor. Same. And, um, but the truth was that, no, they, you know, they love me just the way that Jesus does. I'm able to live my life. Um, of course, there is discipline, but at the same time, I want to obey them because they love me so much and, um, you know, treat me in such a great way that, no, I, I have actually a great life and uh, my parents aren't really strict and, you know, and they trust me. So I would say that the legacy that uh, you and mom have left for us has been amazing and is, you know, obviously um, the fruit of your labor is that all of us kids have, you know, uh, are a part of the church and involved. And I think seeing the way that our lives have been lived out, um, you know, up until this point is like, yes, you guys did such an amazing job of raising us in such a supportive and loving way. I appreciate that. I know we yes. we made a lot of mistakes. There's no doubt about that. But um, but out of God's grace and because my wife's amazing, you know, all of our kids came to know Christ and um, you know they love the Lord. And but I, I love how the Christian life is just so real because um, it's all about God's grace. And you guys, we learned so much from y'all when you were growing up, especially when you're teenagers. How um, uh, you guys would um, be so real and genuine with us, and it made us realize that, you know, we needed to be more genuine and real with the Lord and with others. But Josh, um, tell us what it was like for you growing up and maybe in your teenage years as far as, um, you know, trying to navigate everything. 
Troubling times. Troubling, <laughs> troubling times. Um, honestly, I feel like uh, I, I really do agree with so much of what Megan said. I, um, one of the things I've, looking back especially, that I really appreciate, and I also noticed this with Grand Grand and Granddaddy, um, is like Stephen was saying, the integrity, uh, the genuine uh, love, not only of life, I think that I, I never fully appreciated just how much you and mom uh, enjoyed what you got to do, enjoyed being with family. Yes, there are hard parts. Yes, things are difficult. But seeing you guys um, just live out your faith in a way that, that was genuinely exciting and fun, like I, I've never met someone who has as much fun as you, Dad. And I love that so much. And I think that um, in my, you know, in those awkward teenage years uh, where you're trying to navigate so much and, and there's, you know, you're so worried about what your image is. And then uh, for me, as when like starting to struggle with depression and anxiety, learning how to open up with that and be vulnerable um, was really hard and awkward. Um, and and I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone goes about it in the right way, but how intentional you guys were about asking questions and listening, um, that uh, there was so much grace on uh, on both sides, I guess, and we'd have conversations where I just knew I was so loved by you guys, where I just knew I was so valued, and even if you didn't have answers, you just wanted to love on me, and and I think that that just made such a huge impact, um, and, uh, and seeing you guys live that out and seeing that humility, too, that what Granddaddy talked about, wanting to be teachable and staying teachable, uh, the humility that I've seen you and mom have, I, it, it changed everything um, for me, especially when I was a teenager. So, Well, I appreciate that so much, but I know that it was your honesty and all you guys just being so real with us that we'd go, wow, you guys are teaching us so much. And, and that made us just want to uh, do whatever we could to show you guys how much we love you. Um, and I'm, we made a lot of mistakes Chris is amazing, and she made up for a lot of my mistakes, but, um, you know, it just seemed like every step of the way we were learning, trying to figure this thing out, didn't know what we were doing, um, and maybe we did better with Steven. Well, no, because I remember the sex talk. I did a terrible job on that one. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, that's still, that's still, he still has nightmares about that, and so do I, but anyway, we really tried. We gave, we really tried. You know what I found out? That the kids are very forgiving if they know that at least you're trying to be in the game. At least you're in the game. Now, Ryan, I want to ask you, um, now that you're a parent of Ben and Joanna, um, how, um, what have you learned, you know, about legacy and all? What? Yeah, I would just echo what Stephen and Megan and Josh have all said, that, you know, growing up, we didn't appreciate, I didn't appreciate the value of being in church all the time. And, you know, for me, being in church all the time was just, oh, this is a chore. You know, why do I have to do this? You know, there'd be more than a few times where mom would kind of, you know, redirect our attention while you're preaching in the front row. And, yep. you know, we get distracted and start doodling or fighting with each other. And um, and when we were growing up, it was, oh, you know, we, we like church, but as a kid, sometimes it's hard to see the value of it. But now that I'm a parent, I just see uh, with my kids, the change that being in church has on them and how my role as a dad, you know, going from your example and from granddad's example is, you know, one of the 
best things I can do, despite all the screw-ups that, you know, that we're going to make, <laughs> that I, I inevitably make. I, you know, I said I was going to do it a lot better than you, but I'm already, I'm already doing it worse. So, well, um, I gave you a lot of baggage. Yeah. You'll give your kids baggage. Yeah. That's just the way it is. But then that helps them turn to God. Yeah, but, but for me, just, just realizing that getting Ben and Joanna into church and bringing them with me, whether they're excited about it or they're not feeling great about it, that's one of the best legacies I can give them because I know it, it invests in their you know future and in their in their integrity and so I think that's one of the big things is just just knowing that you and mom cared so deeply that we were plugged into you know what was happening at the church into the body of believers and into really just growing in Christ. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, what about you, Meg? As far as with your boys now, you got some awesome boys, mm-hmm. and um, you know what do you take with you from growing up, and how do you? Put it into your kids. Um, let's see. I feel like there's a lot of things that I have learned from you guys. And um, even still, I feel like I'm, you know, um, both uh, you and mom are still living out uh, such an amazing life with integrity of, you know, you've always, uh, I would always see you in the mornings doing your quiet time and just, oh, yeah, that's what they do, whatever. And then now being like, oh, man, how did they do that every day? How do they find time? And how am I supposed to do this with, like, two children? And I want more. But it's, like, it's such an amazing thing to see, like, oh, wow. You know, almost uh, challenging me daily, even though it's, you know, in my past of what I saw you guys do. It's like, oh, it's challenging me to be a better mom and be more connected to God so that I can um, show that love to my kids. And so I think that's why you guys did so great at it was because you were connected to God and it wasn't misconstrued what love is as a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, what it's like to love your kids as a pastor. They have to do this and that. It was like, no, I'm going to love them the way God does and the way I know what he, how he loved is because I'm reading it every day. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, you know, a challenge for me of like, oh, yes, if I want my kids to grow up, you know, um, amazing and, uh, you know, have the Lord in their lives, this is a part of it, is, you know, having God in my life daily is how I'm going to give it to my kids. That's awesome. And we look at you guys now and we go, I don't know how you do it. I mean, we don't have the energy. We love being grandparents. It's so awesome. We get to have them and then we send them back to you. It's the best thing ever. And we love it. So what have you learned, Josh? Oh, gosh. Your two girls that are beautiful. Really, yeah. your boy and two girls. Yeah. We, um, gosh, we've learned... So much, and we're still learning. I guess that one of the greatest things we've learned so far is just how much grace covers everything. Like how much uh, I feel like, <laughs> how many times a day I'm like, well, there's some permanent damage done there, <laughs> like to your kids. <laughs> All right, well, I'll try again tomorrow. And uh, um, but it, seeing that there's so much freedom, like when, you, I think you and mom taught us the need we have for grace, uh, and when you guys lived when we say that you guys lived a life of integrity and still do, it's not that you get everything right and you're always right all the time, but we, it was the honesty about we need grace and we're gonna, re- we're gonna go to the source every day. We're gonna receive that grace every day. Like Megan was saying, um, there is nothing, I never knew how much, uh, uh, well, of course, our son Jude put so much into perspective and um, when he went to be with the Lord, but even now, I never thought how moved I would be hearing Mary Love, who's now two, saying, oh, we good to go to church? I go to church. Come on, Daddy, go to church. She puts on her backpack. She just loves, she wants to go to church. And I just never, and in the moment, it just hit me so much, like that genuine love of, wow, I get to not only 
work at a place that my, my kids just want to be at desperately, but they're already growing up in, in an environment where this is, like they are just so blessed and I don't deserve it. And, uh, and so I, I think the biggest thing um, that I'm learning is not, not being afraid to, <laughs> to ask for grace, you know, from my wife, um, from my kids, and from the Lord every day. And, 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 and that's, it's, it's self-discipline, but that's been the biggest difference that it can make. No doubt, and that really is the whole point because, I mean, you know, you guys followed Jesus because you chose to, and we could have done everything just the same, and you could have made some different choices. And following Jesus isn't easy. You know, we make mistakes, and we have failures and successes, but through his grace, we just keep coming to him, and he's always there for us. He's always so faithful. I'll never forget, Stephen, when uh, mom and I went to high school camp when you were a junior or a senior, and um, I spoke at high school camp, and it was, it was so much fun, and then we went on the beach, and it was dark, and a lot of the kids were just out there, but then we saw this one young man who was just praising the Lord and just singing with all of his heart, raising his hands, and, and the moon was shining, and we go, man, that kid just loves Jesus. And that's so, man, that moved us so much. And then we got a little closer and we realized it was you. And so then we backed off and didn't even tell you. We just were like so moved. It's like, Lord, help me be passionate about you the way Stephen is right here. Just didn't care what anyone thought about him. That kid is long gone, let me tell you. <laughs> no, it's funny because I remember you brought that up to me more recently. I, had, I Again, I didn't know at all until like I think mom said it to me like in the past month. I was like, oh, I don't even, I hardly even remember that, if I'm being honest, but it, it's cool, you know, because I, I do know, looking back, I mean, there are a lot of things I took for granted, but looking back now, in hindsight, I can say, wow, um, you know, my parents really were trying to learn from me in different ways, which whenever I was growing up, I just felt like, oh, we just don't see eye to eye, you know, uh, so many times, but man, yeah, looking back, uh, just very thankful, honestly. Well, we learned so much from all you guys, and y'all are learning, you know, now, and keep learning from, from your kiddos, and, and we're learning from our grandkids, but, um, you know, really, that relationship with Jesus is the greatest gift you can give your kids, um, and I just, thinking about Stephen there, if it wasn't for the student ministry, and I think about the children's ministry, preschool ministry, student ministry at Woodland Church, I mean, there's no way you can build a legacy, live a life that can leave something that lasts without having others come around you. And that's what our student ministry does. And it, when you guys wouldn't listen to us at all when you were teenagers, you listened to your student pastors because, you know, and, um, and you had a group of Christian friends around you that really made all the difference. You know, when it's all said and done, it's not so much, even though we're all in ministry, it's not so much doing ministry that makes the difference. It's just loving God and loving each other and just just love, just loving the Lord Jesus and letting him love through us. And we got that, you know, from uh, generations, generation after generation. And we look that, uh, you know, we have to just thank the Lord in his grace for those generations. And I'm telling you, you can change generations when you choose to follow Jesus with all your heart. When I think of a legacy of faith, and I hear my granddad preach and I hear my dad preach, I can't help but be moved by how the faithfulness of one person 
just ripples throughout generations. It's absolutely incredible. You see, my granddad, he preached his first sermon when he was 14. His own father had committed suicide. And my dad was looking through a Bible that he used and studied and he was talking to my granddad about it. And my granddad said, he wrote in the Bible, master, mate and mission. And he was talking about, okay, from this age, God, you're gonna be the master of my life, come what may. And I'm praying that you bring along somebody who I can go on this journey with together who is also going to follow their calling in your life and together that we would fulfill the mission that you have placed on our hearts to share the gospel. He didn't know there would be such a thing as, you know, Champion Forest or Woodlands Church. But that small act of faithfulness and really more so than that, the continued determination when it was hard and when you mess up and when you make mistakes to say, God, at the end of the day, I'm still yours. I wanna be teachable, I wanna grow, I wanna be authentic. God, my authority doesn't come from me and what I do, it just comes from you and your word. And seeing how that faithfulness changed the eternities of thousands and thousands of people is so humbling. It, it just blows my mind because I wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for my granddad's faithfulness. You wouldn't be in the chair you're sitting in or watching online if it weren't for my granddad's faithfulness. There wouldn't be Woodlands Church. And you can't quantify that. It's almost too much to comprehend. And I think it's fitting as we, on Father's Day as we talk about legacy and also as, it's, as we celebrate Juneteenth this weekend, just to give you a glimpse of it, I pulled up some statistics. So today the population of the United States is 325 million people. Experts look at the, our census data and they can guess, but they estimate that around 600 million Americans have lived since 1776. So if you're alive right now, 55% of Americans of all time are alive right now. In 1860, on the eve of the Civil War, there were 31.4 million people living in the United States. Four million of them were enslaved and 500,000 were free men and women of color. Today, there are 325 million people living in the United States and 46.8 million of them identified as black in the last census this year. See the faithfulness of a few people and the struggle of a few didn't only bless their generation. We all reap the blessing and benefit from it. And they couldn't quantify that. And y'all, that is just a glimpse of heaven. We're that's talking about here in this world where we know there's gonna be struggle, there's trouble. Lord knows we need him every single day. But one day everything will be made right. And that, when I think of people's eternities being changed, that's nothing. We come from a long line of believers, of faithfulness, of God's body, the church throughout time, not just here, not just now. And we wanna see it grow. We, we know God's desire is that 
all would come to know him, that all would accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I have been immensely blessed. Nothing that I have done through my dad's faithfulness, through my granddad's faithfulness, by the leaders and the people and the volunteers here at Woodlands Church, the people of my church family who show me love and lift me up in prayer. And, and when you pray for people, when people were praying for my granddad, when people were praying for my dad when he started Woodlands Church, they weren't just praying for them. They were praying for me. They were praying for you. Because of what they were doing, so many have come to know Christ. So there's, when we pray a blessing over someone, when we pray for them, we're saying, God, not only them, but every person they impact, everyone in their family, every generation stemming from them, that they live a life of faithfulness that changes lives for eternity. In the book of Numbers, Aaron says this blessing over the Israelites, God's chosen people. He says, the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So we're gonna sing that, church, over you. And not just for you, for, for your children and their children. The family of the church, the family of the body of Christ throughout time. And we ask that you would stand and sing it with us and sing it over us and sing it over the people next to you. We got to experience life change like never before last weekend. Hundreds of people baptized. Before that, at our high school beach week, hundreds more baptized. That represents eternity's change. That doesn't just represent the lives of these young men and women. It represents their children's lives changing and their children's lives changing and their children's lives changing. Praise God. And praise God that it's not about doing great big things for God, that it's not about doing something incredible. It's not based on our marriage. God, every day, I wanna be authentic. I wanna be a man of God. I wanna be a woman of God. I wanna be authentic. I wanna be teachable. And I want the authority in my life to come from you, not myself. So we're gonna sing together. Let's sing. Amen, church. He is for you. And I get the privilege of closing out this service, and I just want to remind us of something that my grandfather said in that sermon we just watched. I hope you write this down. I know that I did. He said, we fill our lives with so much good, but sometimes we miss the best. And that challenged me to think, what am I filling my life with? You see, I've got things in my life. I've got hobbies. I've got friendships. I've got all these things going on, and they're not bad things. They're good things but am I letting it clutter my life to the point where I'm missing out on God's best? I want you to ask yourself that. What is the priority that you need to make first right now? And this Father's Day, this Juneteenth weekend, as we talk about legacy, I encourage you and I challenge you to make those changes in your life that are going to impact generation upon generation because there's only one thing that can have an impact that goes through eternity and that is Jesus Christ, putting your faith in Him. Amen. Amen, church. So right now, I wanna challenge you. If you've never given your life to Christ before, right now, this is your moment to commit your life, to say, God, I don't understand everything. I still have questions, I still have doubts, but the best I know how I want to trust you, and I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life and take me to heaven one day. Or maybe you've committed your life to Christ in the past, but you feel like you've grown distant or things have changed, 
and you wanna say right now, I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to recommit my life to Christ. God, it doesn't matter where I've been in the past. That doesn't matter anymore. The past isn't what defines you. What defines you is God. It's not what defines you, but who defines you. So if you, man, would you just bow your heads and pray with me right now if that is you and you wanna accept that challenge. Dear God, we love you. And the best we know how right now, God, we give our lives to you, our everything, our heart, our soul, our mind and spirit. We hand it over to you, God. We can't carry these burdens on our own, but we know that you are strong enough. So we ask that you would join our lives and carry things with us. Take us to heaven one day, Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your one and only son to die on the cross for us. We need you so desperately, Lord. Our country needs you. Our world needs you. But I'm going to make a stand right now for my children and the children's children, God, that I'm going to follow you. And that is going to impact the world in a way that I may not never see, but we'll get to see it when we get to heaven one day, God. And we thank you for that. We love you so much. In your mighty name we pray. All God's people said, amen. If you prayed that prayer, God is in your life and he will never, ever leave you. And we would love to know if you made that commitment. Feel free to talk to a pastor. We're not gonna do anything crazy or weird or awkward. We just want to talk to you and encourage you. And if you're watching online, I think there's a little button you can click and it'll just help you connect to a pastor so that we can talk to you and encourage you on the step that you just took. We love you so much, Woodlands Church. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. And thank you for being here with us for this very special service. We're about to give our offering. We're gonna move our, into our time of commitment. But I just wanna remind you that my parents were blessed through grand-grand and granddaddy's faithfulness with three things, their time, their talent, and their treasure. And I've been blessed and we've been blessed through my parents' faithfulness and putting God first with their time, their talent, and their treasure. And I wanna bless my kids by doing the same. And so now it's my turn to step up and bless them, them by putting my resources, my time, and God first in my life. And you guys are doing that by being here, but I wanna encourage you as you go on vacation, as you continue to go out, that it's so important during the summertime, Woodlands Church stretches more than ever before with our camps, with our outreach, with our missions. And we are so thankful that our church family continues to step up and give above and beyond. It's so important that we keep doing that because the missions and ministries of the church must go on. The church will remain through eternity. We're so glad that we get to worship and celebrate together. We're gonna continue to sing a new song called Love Is On The Way. It's so great. I'm so glad that you get to hear it. I encourage you to really just reflect and enjoy this music. We love y'all so very much. And on behalf of my family, happy Father's Day, happy Juneteenth. We are so grateful for you, church. We are praying that the Lord continues to bless you and keep you, that his face would shine upon you and be gracious to you, that he would turn his face towards you and give you peace. We love y'all so much, and we'll see you next week. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.